Hi everyone, Kaya Savas here for brand new All Access. I'm here with composer Theodore Shapiro. Teddy, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, joining thank you again. for so having me. Thank you. It's great to be here. So last time I, I think I drove out to your studio, that was back when Ghostbusters, uh, I think, came out. Oh, so it's wow. Been, yeah. been a while. <laughs> right. been a yeah. So for anyone, you know, you know, so for people who have not seen our last chat, just maybe wanted to revisit kind of a bit of your, a little bit of your origin story. Like when you were growing up, what really got you into music and what was kind of that turning point that you remember that was like, okay, this is going to be my career from now on? Right. Well, yeah. So, so I started playing the piano at a pretty young age. Um, I think around five or six and, you know, I, I loved it from the time I started and it was always something that, um, was one of my, you know, it was one of my primary interests. I mean, I had other interests as a kid. I played sports and did other things, but but music was always sort of my um, sort of an arena in which that, that I loved and in which um, you know I felt like I stood out from other people. Um, and uh, but but you know, I grew up thinking because my parents told me so that um, I would eventually find a more um, stable career. And um, so I, you know, I went off to college um, and I, when I got to college, I found that, you know, in, in, even in this sort of larger pond of people, I still felt like I stood out a little bit with music and I was as talented as anybody else, you know, around me. And, um, you know, and I just got to a point where I thought, you know, I should pursue this. I only get to live one life. And, um, and so I made the decision to major in music and, and that was the, that was the big moment. So one thing that I immediately fell in love with, uh, with your music was the fact that it just seems like you, uh, never get typecast into a single genre. I feel like you, approach everything from uh, comedy to, to thrillers to to action to any kind of stuff that you know comes your way and I'm curious as a composer is that something that you it just happened by chance by from the people that you work with or did you like you know consciously it was like I don't want to get kind of put in every corner I want to you know challenge myself in different genres and stuff like that well I mean you know I definitely um I definitely had a lot of success early on in my career working on comedies and and um and so i have felt a, a need and a desire to you know to try to push away from that a little bit so that i wasn't overly typecast i still get called a lot for comedies um but you know over the last bunch of years i've been lucky enough to work on a lot of things that aren't comedies and, and work with directors who maybe had done some comedies and who are also interested in doing other things. So, um, you know, it, the job is the same, right? Whatever, whatever genre you're working in, you know, your, your job is always to help the filmmaker tell the story. And, um, you know, it's a job that I take as seriously if I'm working on a drama, you know, as I take it, if I'm working on, you know, Blades of Glory, um, you know, that the, they're all, it, it's always about storytelling and um, helping the filmmakers craft a satisfying narrative. And, um, and that's, you know, that's what I love about the job. So speaking of just like, you know, you say it's all about telling the story. So I'm curious in terms of this, your general approach, and I'm sure this is going to differ between 
uh, project to project, but where does the first note come from for you? Where is that kind of origin point that you go to, to kind of be like, oh, let's pull the first seed, the first idea out of your head. Do you like to speak with the director if you're on early enough, read the script? Uh, or do you like to wait for that first lock picture? Or do you just mm. kind of noodle oh. during production? Like what's kind of your process typically? I really like to start as early as possible. Um, and it, it, it varies a little bit depending upon what type of film it is. You know, I think that there are certain, um, you know, animation, for example, is something that is, is, is very difficult to work ahead of picture and animation because right. it's so it's so specific to what the picture is doing. Um, but but in general, I like to start at the script phase, um, just reading the script, seeing what ideas come to mind, and starting to write based on that. Um, you know, I just find that anything that I can do to avoid the presence of temp music is really helpful. Um, you only get one shot at a blank canvas. And so, you know, to my mind, I'm willing to put in the extra work to, you know, to start writing themes before, before they shoot or while, you know, or while they're shooting. Um, so that, so that the film doesn't get the fingerprints of another film score on it. Right. Um, you know, and because, you know, it's not just, it's not just, oh, the director gets used to it. Uh, and so that creates a, a problem for my process. You know, I think that the composer gets used to it too. You know, you, you, you yeah. see a film that's effectively tempt and you think like, oh, well, okay, well that, that kind of works like that, you know, that, that, that tempo is good or you find, you know, it just puts blinders up for you that makes it really hard sometimes, unless it's wrong, it makes it really hard to, to see the film in a fresh way. And of course it's that way for the director too. Um, so, and, and I think that your best shot at coming up with original material is by reacting, um, is, is reacting on a script level in that it forces you in a way to really think hard about concept um, and, and be guided by concept as opposed to, you know, let's do this kind of music. Or, you know, I think that the more you separate yourself from, um, from first of all, reacting to temp music and second of all, even reacting to, um, another musical reference of any kind, even something that's in your head is really, is really a, a good way to catalyze yourself to get to something that surprises you or that's unique. And uh, has there ever been, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of music editors and they, and uh, one, one person told me that they try not to really screw the composer by like putting a really good temp or something like that yeah. and kind of making sure that it, it, it kind of guides, you know, because it, and I, I get your point. I, I totally agree with everything you said, because even a, a, a decent temp that just helps give an idea will influence the edit and the, kind yeah. of lock the pacing of a scene into a certain way where it's like, as you as a composer only, you know, I was, I was equated to like, you put your hand in the snow and you take it out you can only really fit another hand in there, right? It's like- Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. That, that's exactly the case. And, um, you know, 
and you know, I've had so many experiences where I've looked at, you know, I've looked at a scene that's tempt a certain way. And I think like, okay, well, at least, you know, here's this moment that the temp is not acknowledging at all. At least I'll acknowledge that moment. And then the reaction is, we really like the way it didn't acknowledge that moment, you know? And, and so it, it, it's just very clear that, that um, it's, so, it's just such a powerful, it's a, such a powerful fingerprint on the, on the movie for everybody and um, worth avoiding when possible. <laughs> has it ever helped you? Has it ever, has it ever been, have you, is there a, a, a an advantage to attempt ever to in your opinion um i mean i th i would say that um i have i've certainly been in situations where um where my music was used in a temp mm -hmm. and that comforted the studio that i was the person capable of writing the score um, you know, earlier on in my career, maybe where I where I was less established, um, uh, and and you know, and 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 a well executed temp can provide a, a really good template, um, but it's just harder to take that template and do something really original with it. It's just always a version of 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 something else. Right. Absolutely. I know. Totally agree. Um, but speaking of, you know, you've worked with a lot of uh, uh, filmmakers over the course of your career that you've built kind of lasting collaborative relationships with like Ben Stiller and Paul Feig. And as a composer, um, what do you think is the key to a lasting relationship in this business? What keeps you coming back to work with certain people and why do you think they keep coming back to you? What's kind of the, maybe the secret ingredient that keeps you know, it lasting? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think that there are, aspects that go into you know director composer collaborations that are that are aspects of any good relationship trust communication openness um you know i, I feel like you know all of the directors that i have really good lasting relationships with we we share those qualities in our in our relationship you know where where we we trust one another we're willing to push each other um we're willing to communicate openly and honestly and um and 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 have fun with yeah. one another, you know and <laughs> and just enjoy the process and so um that that has really been you know i've, I've been very fortunate because i really like i really like my longtime collaborators as people and um and you know it's it's a joy to get to, to go back to work with them every time and I'm sure you've encountered some filmmakers or producers that probably weren't the most fun to work with. So I'm curious in your, in your opinion, on your point of view, your perspective, what are some traits that just really make for a bad working environment? Is there some other traits that, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to ask that question for people who are maybe yeah, I mean, want to be I a director or producer and need to avoid, you know, how to work with a composer. So like what traits do you really just run right. the wrong way? <laughs> I think that, um, I think that the worst thing that some directors do, I mean, and this this has not happened that often to me, is is create an environment where um, failure is unacceptable. Where where it's where it's like, boy, you you messed up that cue. God, I don't know, I don't know if you get this, you know, right. or or leave you with that feeling. Um, 
and I've definitely experienced it. Um, and it's a terrible feeling and, and it, it totally stifles creativity and um, makes you aim the ball instead of throw the ball. And um, it's, uh, it's the worst thing you could do. Yeah, I can imagine. So I mentioned uh, earlier Ben Stiller, who you, you've done an amazing string of work with, and since we'll be jumping into Severance just in a bit, I thought we could maybe walk the, the Ben Stiller road and maybe go through yeah. your projects and you can just do a quick little, maybe, you know, remember what it was like working on that on that score for a little snapshot. But first, I just would like to hear the story of how did you meet Ben and how did you start working with him? Um, way back when, <laughs> in the early... <laughs> Early 2000s, I did um, I did two movies. I did Along Came Polly and Starsky and Hutch, um, both of which he was in. Right. And um, and he really liked both of those scores. And um, and right around the same time, they were um, getting ready to do to finish Dodgeball. They needed a composer. And so he asked me to, to work on that, uh, he, which uh, he was the producer of Dodgeball. Right. Um, and so that was sort of how we, that was how we started working. And, and, and Dodgeball was a project that went really well, um, you know, where it just, things just fell into place in a, in a very easy way. And the movie was a success. And, and so that, that kind of got us on, started on, on a good foot. And, um, and then his next, film that he directed was Tropic Thunder. Um, and, uh, and he asked me to work on that. And so that was our first collaboration as director and composer. So let's, yeah, let's start with Tropic Thunder. Th Tropic Thunder, I mean, I love that Kino, I don't know if you saw Kino is doing a 4K restoration of, of the no. film. Yeah, no, Kino Lorber, amazing. they just announced on 4K Blu-ray they're doing that's Tropic incredible. Thunder, the director's cut. So you're, that's incredible. It's a, it's a fan favorite. It's one of my favorites. And I'm just take us back to that time because I remember that time. That's like that's that, that movie was such a brilliant satire as well as just a character comedy, but also playing on you know the, the big war movies at the time, like Black Hawk Down and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm curious, like, what was your approach for the score? Because if you take that score away from the movie, it it's a intense great score that could work in an action like war film well so yeah i mean that that was that was definitely the um that was definitely the approach was to just treat it treat it like a serious action film and um and let the comedy come out in you know in relief um and and that was the approach the whole time and and um you know i i would say it, it's funny as a filmmaker ben was much more um you know, everything was much faster paced, you know, if you, if you look at that compared to Severance. So he, so there was a lot of um, push to sort of have everything be kind of building all the time. And, and yeah. it was pretty exhausting um, to write um, because, it, you know, sort of everything needed to be building and getting huger and huger. And you sort of, it was a challenge to, um, keep finding new ways to elevate the music. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but then somehow at the end, you know, I think it, it came out pretty well. And, um, and you know, the, I think that the, I mean, it's such a good film. Uh, it's so well directed. And, um, and I think that the, the musical approach, you know, helps, helps with the storytelling. And we got another another fan favorite, uh, uh, Zoomlander two, of course. Uh, talk about 
you know, working on them, such, you know, the follow-up to such a iconic hit? <laughs> you know, I think that, um, I think that it's really an exercise in uh, letting things breathe where they need to breathe. Um, you know, I think that when you're working on that kind of an approach where the music is sort of very deadly serious and, and, and sort of this action mystery approach, um, a lot of times you help the comedy not by accenting things, but by leaving space for things to play out and be funny without comment. And so, um, you know, there's a, a combination there of, you know, finding moments to be huge and outrageous and, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of screaming French horns in the score and, you know, do, doing all sorts of wild stuff. But, um, but probably, a lot of the comedy comes from just leaving space for people to be funny. Is spotting a comedy like is that is that really kind of an essential way of figuring out where the music would work? Do you is it... you know with most of my directors we barely spot anymore. Really? Um, oh wow! Yeah, we just get started and see what happens, um, and we figure <laughs> it out as we go. That's all. I mean, that's that's the trust you were talking about. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. exactly yeah. So um, before we jump into Severance, I have to touch on Walter Mitty, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which I, in my opinion is one of the most beautiful scores I think that you've written and that, uh, that I've still stays with me to this day since I've heard it. And it just is this beautiful, touching, it feels like a, a comforting hug. It, 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 it's a nuance into, you know, into Walter Mitty's mind and bringing that character. So talk about, I mean, working with, uh, you know, Jose Gonzalez and, and coming up with those melodies and what was that process like? It's such a beautiful score. And I'm curious uh, what your oh, kind of approach you. was. Um, well, so, so it was always, um, it was always the idea from the beginning of the process, from our first meeting, that we would find some artist um, to, to work with who, whose voice would be, uh, you know, a primary instrument in the score. And we both, got excited about the idea of Jose. Um, I, you know, I was, I was a fan of his before that and, um, and Ben really liked his work and, and it, we were fortunate to have landed on him because um, he's just such a lovely person and um, was so easy to work with and egoless and, um, you know, and had great ideas and, you know, his, his guitar technique is incredible. And so, so we just, we really were lucky that we, that we found him. Um, and, uh, you know, early on, it's funny, early on in, in the process, while Ben was shooting, I started writing themes. Um, and I'd written two themes that I was happy with. And I thought, you know, I'm just gonna write one more, just, just, just one more. You know, just, just see if I can come up with something different. And that was how I came up with the main theme of the of the film. Um, and you know, it just, it just kind of poured out very easily. And I thought that, I actually thought that Ben wouldn't respond to it. I thought that he would find it too melancholy. But actually, you know, that was the one he really latched onto. And, um, and. 
you know, and th thank goodness. I mean, he, he, you know, the, the recurring theme with Ben over and over again is that his instincts are so excellent. Um, and I really feel that I can trust where he's going to take something. Um, and that was, uh, you know, another example where I, you know, where I was really guided. I mean, I wrote the music, but, but I was guided by him responding to that material and, um, and pushing us down that path. Uh, and then, you know, once we had, once we had started down that path, it just, it became a theme that was extremely adaptable and yes. flexible and, um, we were just able to take it to a lot of different places. Because I know you mentioned, yeah, it kind of starts off melancholic and maybe a little bit sad and introverted, but then you can just like open that thing up and it can be sweeping, it can be adventurous. Yep. Yeah, it was, I just love the way it, and it bookends towards the end. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So let's, I love uh, that movie. yeah, it's so good. It's so underrated. If nobody's seen Secret Life of Walter Mitty, go check it out right now. <laughs> have, your, have yourself a nice emotion. It's not straight off comedy. It's a great character drama. It's, 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 it's a great film. Um, so let's just jump into Severance. You know, yeah. I, I love this series so much. It's uh, so meticulously crafted from every aspect in the production, yeah. from art direction, cinematography, yeah. performance, and of course your score. So what was the, the pitch that you heard from Ben and what were the first discussions about music when you first came onto the project? You know, you know like, like with other um, collaborations with Ben, I, so I, I, I read the script um, you know, I, my, my first thought was, oh, okay, well, so we should do something that explores the idea of the dichotomy between in and out. You know, that we'll have one palette right. for, for inside and one palette for outside. And he said, yeah, that sounds good. And so I started writing themes and um, just, just sort of throwing a bunch of ideas out there and sending it to him. And he was excited by what I was writing. And in February of, of 2020, um, I flew to New York to meet with him and I saw like all of the, um, you know, all of the visual design ideas and some of the sets and, you know, just saw all of the stuff that they're working on. It was incredible. And, and we listened back to some of the stuff that I'd written and there was a, like a B section of one of the cues that I'd written um that he returned to a couple of times and i thought like oh, that's interesting he, he keeps going back there he like he's responding to something there like i wonder if there's more to be done with that and it had this four chord progression um that i thought was interesting and um but it was very like electronic and beat driven in nature and um and so i got home after that and I sat down at the piano and I started playing those four chords, um, but just at the piano, sort of very much in the way that the main title begins. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Like that's a different, that's a different approach that would play this. It wouldn't be about innies and outies. It would be about just sort of the mystery of the whole, of the right. whole mise-en-scene and, and um, and so I wrote a, you know, probably like a two and a half minute suite based on that idea. And I sent it to Ben and didn't hear from him for like weeks. 
and I thought, oh, I guess, I guess he didn't, didn't go for that. That's too bad. Like I like it. And then finally, one day he called. He's like, oh, this is great. I love this. And so, uh, so he got excited about it. And then once I got that encouragement, I just started seeing like, okay, what else can I do with this? Like how, how much can I keep pulling apart this idea of, of this theme melodically and harmonically. And, um, and so I just started writing and generating all of this material that, wow. that really sprung from, from that main title idea. Um, and that was, that was the foundation of the score. So when you uh, tackled the, the series head on, when, were you, I guess, scoring as episodes were shot and completed or were you waiting till there was, was there everything done beforehand? Like, no, did... Yeah, so no, I was working as, as they were working. And, and okay. so, so by the time they were, you know, really working on episodes, you know, where they were really starting to put episodes together, I had generated a pretty large library of material um, so that again, so we could avoid temp music. There was no temp, you know, it was all original music that was being cut in. And so it was a combination of, you know, them sending me things, um, you know, sending me some things that worked great as they cut them in, some things that needed some attention, some things where I needed to just find a different approach. Right. Um, and um, and that's how we worked the whole time. You know, we, we that that was how we made it through made it through the, the season. And uh, were you? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that you had the scripts beforehand, so you knew where the arc yeah. of this the season was. Yes. So so I guess when you're working on a TV show, and then in this fashion, where you're kind of writing stuff beforehand, are you thinking about how these how the themes are going to arc throughout the the season? Are you tackling this like a nine hour or so film or like or do you use the, the episodes as chapter marks to kind of like here's my checkpoint here's my checkpoint um you know i would say so in this this is the way in which we were grappling with the arc we came to understand at a certain point that when we got to the end of episode eight and episode nine um you know things were going to need to ramp up and yeah. and we had this idea, or I guess I had this idea, um, that uh, that we would just through compose the entire episode nine, and 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 make it not just not just through composed, but to make it feel as much as possible like a single piece of music going all the way through. And that's what it felt like. <laughs> well, that's it, good. It, it, it's like you're just like oh, like the entire time. <laughs> So, so, so I wrote a large amount of material really with, with the end of the show in mind and, um, and yeah. And, and so, so that, that was the, that was the nod to figuring out the, the larger arc piece of it. Um, and, and we also definitely had conversations about where to deploy, um, certain themes that were variations of the main theme, you know, sort of throughout the show. And um, yeah, and we, we just kind of figured it out on the fly. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned before how you, how you, you, when you kind of found the idea for the main kind of central theme that you were just kind of 
commenting on the mystery of it. And I, I literally, that's how I, I was like, the score is almost, almost self-aware that it's scoring a mystery show in a bit, but it's yeah. also, um, because you, it, it's a little bit like, you know, something's not what it seems, but it's also building these character and emotional arcs so well. And I mean, there's, you know, just tragic moments in the series and, um, you know, I, I found myself crying all this time. So how do you make sure the score kind of, I guess, does both, keeps things mysterious, but also allows the audience to kind of just give in to the characters like that? You know, I mean, just intuitively, I mean, that yeah, is, is the honest instincts. answer to the question. Yeah. You know, I, I think that um, we just kept exploring and, and when we didn't have, you know, if there wasn't, um, material that existed in the stuff that I had written early on that that filled the need of a scene then then I wrote that material and then we had you know and then and then that added another layer that that could be um that could be added to the palette and um you know I, there are there's a there's a raft of of material um Oh gosh, I don't want to do use a spoiler th th that occurs. Well, um, uh, I do want to. I would love to talk about. It. I think the series is out. I'll put a spoiler warning. Before okay, okay, series. okay, great. So let's great, let's great. get let's get nitty gritty. Hey, friendly warning to anyone who is listening and not watching. Skip ahead to thirty minutes and forty eight seconds to avoid spoilers. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a variation on the theme that that is used um, towards the end of episode four when Heli is about to uh, attempt suicide and, and the beginning of uh, episode five when, when we are grappling with, with what happened on the tail end of the cliffhanger. Um, you know, that um, it, it, it sort of starts out with the, with the chord progression of the main theme, but but then sort of has its own twists and turns, and and it just takes a more emotional approach to, um, you know, it, it's an, a more emotional variation on on the theme, and and um, you know, it was something that you know was written specifically for the scene, and then once once we had that, it it really became something that could underpin. A lot of Helly's um, struggles uh, as we went through the episode. So it was just, you know, an example of where we found kind of new, new language to, to support where the story was going. I, I do want to mention the, the amazing main title sequence that um, is like, uh, so how refreshing is it to see a, a 90 second, near 90 second main title sequence in today's world of television where things can be just like title and go. But like, I mean, the fact that, and um, you know, the intro was done by uh, visual effects artist, Oliver Lata, who's best known yeah. as online as Extra Wig. And I think Ben mentioned, I think on Seth Meyers that he found him on Instagram and, and saw that. So how did that title sequence come together? Did your music, did you send a kind of a locked suite of that over and then he yes. animated to it? So yes, so so but but it was um, I mean it was just so cool because Ben generously kind of let me into the whole process. So I was on meetings, um, you know. <laughs> generally speaking, you know, Oliver was in Berlin and Ben's mm -hmm. in New York. So generally speaking, you know, I was getting up at you know very early hours to jump on a Zoom to to see what they were talking about. Um, but I mean, Oliver is so brilliant. Yeah. And 
he had so many good ideas. I mean, there were so many good ideas that didn't make it into the into the main title sequence. I mean, he's just kind of bursting with creativity and um, and so so and 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 you know, it's just another example of Ben being such a a good director. You know, because because there were so many good ideas to choose from, and I think that he led him in this direction where there's a very fluid story being told that is, you know, hallucinogenic, but also cogent. And um, so, so that was incredible to get to witness. As far as my piece of it, you know, I took th that two and a half minute piece that I alluded to that was the one that I sent to Ben that he ultimately responded to. And I whittled it down to a minute and a half. Um, and, you know, and thank goodness for Ben, because he he was just like, no, nope, this is going to be the length of the of the main title sequence. And, yeah. and that was just always what it was. And it, I, I don't from what I recall, it doesn't appear even it doesn't appear till episode two. Right. I think the that's right. Episode, yes. Yeah. First episode doesn't have it. But um, that's right. and I, I just I hate that skip intro like thing. That's now the default on streaming. Right. But I, I always let it play because I, it's such a perfect like entryway into each episode even if i'm binging oh, like great. two episodes at once i'm like i have to and there's so many details in that sequence so you can look at like oh where's the, the black goo and like coming oh through. i know i know it's like it's so layered it's i love it <laughs> <laughs> it's it's incredible work i'm i'm very very honored to have my music as part of that sequence because it, it's just so it's so remarkable visually and you got to do um in the series some uh, some diegetic music some source music that yes so, and he released uh, Music of Wellness as a, as a single, uh, which is, you know, uh, one of the examples. And uh, so what was that process like? Uh, did they, did they have that music on set to play? Did you compose that, that beforehand or was that all? No, um, you're talking about the wellness music. Just, yeah, that or any of the diet, yeah. because there's other no, stuff I mean, there too. They, they sent me, um, they sent me that the scene and, um, and so they, you know, they needed some, needed some sort of gentle spa music spa to, music, to yeah. go with it um and so that was super fun to write I mean I really had a good time doing like that and there's challenging all these... where it's where, where it doesn't come across as like tongue-in-cheek but actually like feels serious in the show <laughs> and, and still feels creepy or, or wrong or something's off like it must have been I don't know did you did you just listen to a bunch of spa music <laughs> to... I, honestly I just it just poured out of me I don't know where really? it came from I don't <laughs> I did not listen to things you know the the thing I like about um the thing I like about a lot of that music is that it's got these sort of like high frequencies that kind of like tickle the back of my neck a little bit and so so I it was fun to sort of find those kind of wind chimey sounds that were that are very soothing to me um and uh and but but I must say I was very surprised and pleasantly that after we released the soundtrack I got a lot of messages on social media saying where is the music you know where is the wellness music like I need to have that track um, and so after a certain amount of haranguing, I, I asked, uh, good people of Lakeshore and Apple, if they would be willing to release it as a single and they did. You're going to be getting a massage one day and it's just going to come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like, wait a, wait a tick. <laughs> um, were there, uh, 
any kind of moments or scenes throughout this season that were maybe particularly challenging? I know you said a lot of things kind of poured out, but were there something where like, oh, wait, how am I going to navigate this? Is there anything that kind of threw you for a loop or was everything pretty straightforward? That seemed. Um, I mean, you know, to be honest, the, the, the episode nine was the, that was the biggest the challenge just yeah. because it, it became a little bit of a jigsaw puzzle, just getting everything to fit and, um, you know, uh, you know, as they were editing, you know, everything's just kind of sliding around. And at the end of the day, you have to make it all feel like one piece of music. And so it yeah, was, because... it was a real team effort. I have to say with, 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 with a lot of, a lot of credit to, first of all, the picture editor, Jeff Richmond, who was great with music to start with. And then my music editors, Sam Zanes and, and Felipe Pacheco, who did incredible work. So you know, it, it was really, it was really all hands on deck and, and, uh, and, and, and a group effort. I can't imagine, like, uh, was the picture changing a lot? Was there a lot of, did you have to conform? It was, I mean, not, out? not annoyingly so. I mean, it was, I would say that they were, um, this was not a situation throughout the, throughout the season where it felt like they were being fussy with the picture, um, um, but but, but know, I mean, just they, sometimes it needs to. I mean, just uh, it, yeah, 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 yeah. They were working it. They were working yeah, yeah. it, and You're just massaging um, it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, like, because uh, I always think, I mean, because the entire that entire episode feels like a whole build, just kind of ascending up, 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 up. And, yeah. And uh, is there ever like, how do you keep, I guess, keep the tension going? for for an hour like do you, yeah well is it so, all about rhythms it's about tempo is it about adding elements to the score how do you just keep i guess raising it up that, yeah that entire yeah time? yeah well i mean you know there's a lot of building and receding um yeah, you know I, if i can you know if i can make another another shout out there there was um a, a huge assist played by my sound designer longtime sound designer chris lane who he built me, created this whole library of, of rhythmic material that could sit under dialogue and be unobtrusive, but be driving tension and driving, you know, pace. And so I, I was armed with this, um, you know, this arsenal of, of rhythmic material that, that could really, really help keep, keep tension going without taking up, um, uh, too much focus and and certainly without distracting from dialogue yeah absolutely and uh uh i mentioned you know we asked you was there anything that threw you for a loop or was challenging was there something that was just like a, a part of the season that was just super rewarding i'm sure episode nine was to once you cracked it but was there anything that was just like a joy to score where you're like oh i love this scene or i love this character is there a moment that really kind of sticks out to you that's well, kind, of really kind of a personal favorite i would say that um I would say that, oh man. So many good moments. <laughs> there, there are a lot of there are a lot of good moments. I, I would say that um, the end of episode three, where where we're building up to Petey's demise, um, there was a really lovely space in the picture to um, Play this nice variation of the theme while while um, while Adam Scott's character sort of walks across the plaza outside of Lumen, 
um, and and just a very um, nice bit of visual storytelling, you know, that that led to. Uh, it was just a very nice opportunity to to score a picture and um, yeah. and drive us to to that moment. Yeah, well, the, I, I just congratulations on the whole the whole season, and I, it's such a. I mean, it, it, I don't know. The show for me came out of nowhere. I was like, oh my god, this is like a, finally something I can latch onto. You know, I, I think I've, I heard, I've heard people comparing it to Lost or you know something like that. But it's it's its own thing. It's so yeah special. It's so unique, and the the voices of the storytellers behind it, from Ben to. Um, of course, the writer who created it, and yeah, Dan, you know, Dan, Dan, what a wonderful script! I mean, I can't believe this it's is like his his first writing. his first like you know attempt at anything. I know, crazy. I know, it's remarkable, and and you know, and as you said, um, one of the great joys for me was just that I was watching the show as an audience member, and yeah. um, you know, when I work on when I work on features. Um, you know, by the time you get to the end, you've seen the movie so many times. You've been to you know a million previews, and and you know you've just seen it and seen it and seen it. And um, you know, with this, I really got to sit down and watch it fairly fresh. You know, I, because I, there wasn't that same repetition of, of watching it over and over again. And um, I, you know. I just think it's so good, you know. I mean, forget, yeah. forget about forget about the music. I mean, I just think every department did such an outstanding job. And, oh, everything um, clicks together. I mean, I just yeah. love, you know, I'm a cinephile, so I'm just, you know, I love the attention to detail. It's just amazing. You don't see, I mean, it's nothing's. Yeah. Every little frame was calculated. It's crazy. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. So very, very proud to be part of it. So as as we wrap up, uh, is there anything that's uh, that you're coming up that you're allowed to say that you're working on? Are you going to be? I'm sure Severance season two will be coming eventually. <laughs> that will be coming eventually, and uh, I'm going to be working on that. And and um, I am. We're just finishing mixing uh, Paul Feig's new movie, The School right. for Good and Evil, which is great fun. Um, massive massive score you know like 120 minutes of music and oh wow <laughs> a lot of a lot of bodies in the room and um and uh it was really a lot of fun to work on so so that 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 should be good fun it comes out i think in september and that must be refreshing after going through the pandemic and trying to work and record you know <laughs> Yo, like, yeah, oh yeah no. to, to kind of almost be back to normal a little bit yeah <laughs> totally no it was it was uh it was thrilling to record and the musicians made an amazing sound and uh you know every everything everything that's fun to do as a composer absolutely well teddy it's always a joy i, I love sitting and talking with you i know it's been a while we should do this again uh, not, not let the gap go of course when season two comes out i'm going to be emailing you be like we got to talk okay, about it. great great <laughs> let's do it all right well uh thank you so much and uh yeah thank you great time. all right yeah you too